0: Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 36 of season two of This Osteopathic Life. Today, I'd like to talk with you about success and more importantly, celebrating success. And we're going to look at all the different ways we can experience success and look at the different varieties of potential around the celebration of it. And notice if we're doing that, or if perhaps we could use some support in getting there. Success is an interesting concept, and I teach about it a lot, I coach about it a lot, and ways to find success, to claim success, to redefine any situation as successful, But with most things, it's important to start with ourselves or look to ourselves and reflect on how we're living in to this demonstration of values or concepts. And if I track back, if I take a panoramic view of my life, I could see a lot of ways where I've been successful in traditional senses of that word. I've moved through my academic career with reasonable success and in music, in athletics to varying degrees in relationships and in creative outlets i can see a lot of traditional forms of success but they're often on that bigger scale right and sometimes we apply that word in places where it can be challenging for example for me i have been fortunate to have had 3 successful pregnancies and that's the way we refer to them and that can be a really challenging construct in Reflecting on how others may have experienced pregnancy and an outcome other than what it was that they desired. And so, how do we utilize this word thoughtfully, appropriately, broadly enough, maybe with some restraint, in order to be successful in the use of it? And some might think, oh my gosh, like we can't say anything nowadays. Someone's going to get mad or offended. And perhaps, and perhaps that's not necessarily a bad thing. Perhaps it's an opportunity to be more mindful of the way in which we speak and to recognize that impact doesn't always match intent and that doesn't have to make the deliverer of whatever was said or done a bad person or even unsuccessful if we're being consistent here. But it does demonstrate for us the possibility of listening, right? Of demonstrating empathy. Of noticing that our perception of one situation might not match someone else's. And we get to decide what we'd like to do with that information when it's provided to us, thoughtfully or otherwise, from an outside party. And so thinking about how you view success and where it might be underutilized, right, where you could tap into that and really own and examine and embrace your greatness, where it might be overutilized, Right. We have sometimes these constructs that everyone is designated as the champion, right? Everybody gets a medal just for showing up. And so we sometimes think, well, where do we even find success in here if everybody gets it? Is it success if we're all achieving it? And I'd like to suggest that maybe it can be. Right, That success for me doesn't have to detract from success for you. And that there could be Different ways of approaching it could be different ways of tuning in to what that means and why. Right, as you've been with me in this medium, I've shared with you that my gym is called Inconceivable Fitness, named after the Princess Bride. My dogs are Fezic and, Flor, and you know, I'm all in in that way. And Inconceivable, I love sitting with that word and offering it up as a way to make whatever it is you're doing mean other than what you think it might mean. Right? Getting outside the box, getting creative. And so let's look at some options around success and see how there might be room to expand, see how maybe there's room to specify, and then hopefully see how there's room to celebrate. So success, right, as a noun, can be the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. And so this one often requires that we have this preconceived idea, notion, expectation, goal, right? So to successfully achieve that thing, we're aiming for it. And we might have established our purpose, either mentally, intentionally, verbally, in writing, you know, as a mission statement, if we're operating kind of on a business platform. And so accomplishing that which we set out to do. right? So that can be one way that we achieve success. And think about a time in your life that this has happened for you and what that looked like. What did it look like to hold that expectation in advance and then finally come to that, right? To achieve that goal, which you had set forth. And how did it feel when you got there? How did it feel when you set the goal? How did it feel at those various stages in between? And if you have listened to Unlocking Us, Brene Brown's podcast, we have a couple different opportunities in there, right? So we have her effing first times, And so how did that feeling come up around the first steps you took toward accomplishing that goal? We have that kind of messy middle, that act two, right? Where everything's just really muddy and murky and we maybe got over that you know, accomplishment phase in the first of getting over the hump of the inertia piece. And then we had some of that romanticism and excitement of getting to know everything and that enthusiasm that comes with starting any idea. And then in that middle, it's just a lot of hard work And so what feelings come up there, both that might get in your way and those that kept you going. And then as we got toward the end, when you began to finally see the light at the end of the tunnel, the finish line was in your view. How are you feeling then? You might still think, well, really tired, right? And I just barely crawled across that finish line. You might've gotten that second wind if you've been at marathons, right? And people look like they're barely moving and then they see that finish line tape and they're gone, right? They have another sprint left in them. And so noticing all the feelings along the way, and then how did it feel at the end? And noticing that sometimes we might think we're gonna have this amazing feeling at the end of a race, and instead we might be kind of deflated or disappointed. And that can come with this arrival fallacy and this idea that getting through something, getting to this completion, getting to a certain point or destination is gonna be the fix, right? Oh, I will feel so much better when. And don't get me wrong, And I've been at the end of marathons myself having run them and couldn't have been more glad that the race was over, right? And I just could land the ground and thankfully refuel. And so there can be relief there. And sometimes there is elation. Right, And this finish line moment's gonna keep coming up and we see the tears of joy knowing all the miles that went into it and the idea that this would never happen or when people beat their time that they anticipated. right? There can be a lot of amazing energy and feeling at the end of a race. But sometimes you think, oh. And then you think, well, am I gonna do this again? Right? Which most of the time we say, no. At mile 20, everyone's saying, you're not signing up for this again. And then we finish and then we think, well, I could have gone better, right? We'll go there. If we didn't quite get our time. Or if we get our time and we think, well, if I did that... And I had that much left to give and a kick. Maybe if I would have fueled like this, I could have actually gotten this many minutes faster, right? Or we say, oh, that was fun. And maybe next time I'll. And so how long do we actually stay in that moment of accomplishment and allow ourselves to feel that success? And what would it look like to actually celebrate it? Another version of success is the attainment of fame, wealth, or social status. And this one is so interesting and comes up quite a bit now, right? As we have different demonstrations of what worth and worthiness, and we've talked about that, right? 100% intact for worthiness, but what those concepts are, what the constructs are socially. And then when we work to achieve them, so if we see success as this external marker of a dollar amount or assets attained, fancy houses and cars, you know, climbing the social ladder, there can be, success driving factors in that because we're aiming for something, right? So we have these numbers and we are putting steps in place to get there. If they're super far out there and there's no problem with a big dream, right? And a big goal. But if we have no steps in between that makes sense or that we can see, it can become very overwhelming and then it paralyzes us. And so if we're currently making $25,000 a year, and we want to be making 2.5 million, right? Making that leap can seem like what besides winning the lottery is going to get me from there to there. But if we're able to instead see success where we are, right? And see a version of that and define that and own it and celebrate it. And then recognize, and I would like to move forward from here. That can be a very different experience, right? Because it doesn't mean that that dollar amount is going to make me successful. I can choose success, right? Just like I can remember worthiness from here. And then I can start to step forward, not out of lack or want or need. And don't get me wrong, I'm not denying that baseline needs being met and the challenges, right? That can come from really not barely being able to meet the food and housing needs of one or one's family. But at the same time, we've also seen Many examples for those who are earning at or below the poverty line and are successful for themselves, right? They see that and they feel that and they can start to move forward. And I also don't claim that that's all it takes. It's just a thought when there are systems in place that can make it next to impossible to step out of that. So please don't get me wrong here in any confusion. Absolutely. There are paths that are obstructed. And part of the work in this osteopathic life is removing obstructions to health, right? Being for the health of all things addresses that both. The success within the person and success within the system to provide equitable access to all. And so I don't downplay that at all. But what can be powerful, even in that construct, where we are working on both and we make an honest assessment of what opportunities actually exist, right? Because that can be fact-based, We can look and there is data to demonstrate that race and gender and station and geographic location can make a very big difference. So I'm not denying that. But at the same time, as those are being addressed, because that can move slow, right? So systems change can move slowly. We can frame successes even in the most dire of situations. And we've seen that. We've seen these success stories. That's why they're called as such. Are those individuals who were in impossible circumstances, ones that we couldn't even fathom? How did someone survive this? And yet they did. And they found success in each moment, in each breath, if that was all there was then. I right? was just taking the next breath, finding the success there. And so noticing, if it is that external piece, that was a bit of a tangent, but actually no, it's just the necessary path to get where we are right now. That if you are aiming for some dollar amount, there'sn't to be a problem with that especially if you're operating from 100% worthiness, especially as you can see success where you are. And then imagine, go to that mark, right? Go to that $2.5 million annual revenue mark and then say, okay, right? So how does it feel to be here? And then we go through right all those stages in between until we get back to the present day and say, all right, that's it. That's the path and those are the feelings and we'll figure out the actions as we go and let's start forward, and that path is going to continue. You're going to have the stepping stones that aren't going to require such massive leaps. Again, no problem with leaps, right? Leaps can stretch us and growth is where meaningful change happens. But if we have some stepping stones along the way, especially in the beginning, right? Getting over the inertia piece can be so amazing. And those stepping stones are placed when you begin to see and frame and celebrate your successes all along the way, right? And see them as they happen, claim them, own them, celebrate them. Now let's look at success when the person becomes the noun, right? So we're talking about the accomplishment. Success is when we have this dollar amount in this particular goal achieved. But what about success when it's a person or thing that achieves desired aims or attains fame, wealth? So not only can you have success and notice success and feel and define it, you can be success, right? You can be a success. And what does that look like? And what does that feel like? And how is that different than a feeling, right? So you could feel successful and qualifying something outside of yourself as a success and then just being a success. Just sit with that for a minute and notice how that feels and decide whether or not that's helpful for you. And so what can come up with this is, if I allow myself to be that thing, Am I vulnerable to being any of the other options as well? Like I am a failure, right? So if I'm a success, I can also be a failure. And is it different when we internalize that and become that thing, right? And that's sometimes where shame can come in when we actually equate ourselves with the thing. And then instead of seeing this external act that happened, right, this external marker, I was successful when I did this, right? Or I had success even, that takes it one step out. And if you have this conversation with yourself or with others around this, with awareness, right? And recognizing I'm a success, right? If that you can have from a place of worthiness, I don't see much problem with that. If it's something that you're seeking to achieve to create that worthiness and wholeness, right? Who I just want to be a success. If I do this, I'll be a success, right? Then there's that drastic kind of needy, graspy underneath undertone, and that isn't the place that we want to be, and so seeing that, is something that you can have and even be from your hundred percent worthiness, right, is a totally different experience than if it's like, okay, good, I did this thing and I got this thing and now I am a success, because then it's temporary, it's fleeting, it's vulnerable, and not in the powerful way of vulnerable. And so, listening for that and recognizing. When you put so much weight on it, right? And when it actually is become integral to your being and survival, is that helpful? And you think, well, yeah, like who wouldn't want to be a success? Right? But if you're attributing it so strongly and so deeply and so interconnectedly to your actual being, right, then you have to be prepared for the opposite. And that I'm a failure is going to come in as well. And on today's Dare to Lead podcast, right? So Notice that failures make our successes more meaningful. And that was from Guy Raz, who does the How You Build It podcast, or How I Built This. How I Built This, yeah. And that's new to me. I'm going to listen to that and the recommendation, and I encourage you to do the same. But recognizing that absolutely there's room for both. And if we're prepared for both. So same thing. So if you're operating from 100% worthiness, the times you might think, oh, I am a failure, right? That can be okay too, because that's fleeting and it's not creating that wholeness. It's just a thing that it is, that happened, a phase, a moment, and you can say, okay, great, and now I know what that's like, I'm gonna learn for it, and I can move forward. So noticing that nuance in between there, when it's defining us at our core, or if it's defining a moment, or if it's simply something that happened, or simply a way that we were for this temporary amount of time, and then we can be all the things. I'm amazing. I am terrible, right? I am beautiful, I'm ugly. Like all of those come in there and they're all part of the human experience. We're all gonna feel those things and think those things about ourselves at different stages. And so what I want you to notice is which you are more apt to acknowledge and celebrate. So which one are you going to pay more attention to, the failure or the success, the beautiful or the ugly moments, right? The ups or the downs, the connection or the loneliness, and all of them are part of the human experience. But which really get our focus? And is it possible for us to have even distribution, right? To have this scope of availability of our view for all of them to have a space, to have a place, in our lives. And when it's from that platform, and I kind of think of this as the foundation of like a lazy Susan of feelings. And when that's stable and steady in 100% worthiness, it just spins and it'll stop on one. And the next time we spin it, it'll stop on another, right? That's kind of the odds of that. I'm picturing the, the spinner right now in the game of life, which has a little more friction behind it. But just noticing how it's possible to experience all of those. And that if you do, and I wouldn't say necessarily celebrate, right, your failures, for an example, but if you spend more time and attention and energy looking there, what that's like. And if it's possible, if we level the playing field, we make space for all of them, we notice that they're not truly who and how we are, right? It's just a moment, and we can move into any of the next ones at any given point. We don't have to let it predict the next steps, Right? We can learn from that. It can be informative and instructive like we talked about learning the impact based on the intention. But we can continue to move forward of our own designation. And when we do that and we have celebration on our side to do that, think of how that feels. And so when is a time you have been most successful? Now we're going to reframe it. So, we looked at those stages and the feelings and how we got to that goal. And when did you have like unbridled joy, total celebration, right? The best party ever around the sense of accomplishment. And what were you thinking then? Were you thinking, I finally did this. I didn't think it was going to happen. This was amazing. This is exactly what I was meant to be doing. This is what I've been working for for so long. Like, what were all the thoughts under there? And which ones? might've been the cleanest. We're not going to judge thoughts necessarily, but look at the ones that are just so pure and they're so supportive of yourself, right? And they're so independent of the thing that happened, right? So you might say, I wrote this paper and got an A plus, right? And that's okay. That's not a problem. That's a great place to be if that brings you some joy and you're celebrating. But if there are some globally applicable thoughts in there, Wow, that was amazing. I kicked some serious butt today. And if you could apply those in any situation, those can be your key celebratory thoughts. And here's another definition I want to walk with you through, walk through with you. (laughs) And it's that success could be the good or bad outcome of an undertaking. We talked about acceleration recently, and that it doesn't mean only going faster right? It meant changing speed or changing direction. So when we modernize definitions or when we use them enough times, use a word enough times, and we shift it, we shift what we actually accept to be the definition. And it is an archaic definition, right? And the example here given was the good or ill success of their maritime enterprises. And let me talk to you about this because I actually had another quote in one of my presentations that talked about ill health instead of disease, and what I love about both of these examples, so ill health or ill success, is that it offers the opportunity to still see success in there and to still see health. And what has challenged me for so long in the practice of osteopathic medicine, we're talking about, we're trained to see health, right? We honor the health. It you know, takes someone special to find the health. Anyone can find disease, you know, and, but sometimes we still get caught up in the disease model, and that's what we see, or dysfunction. We talk about that a lot. We call that the rotations and the restrictions in the body dysfunctions. And that doesn't sound like health to me. And I had always, always had kind of a hard time with that. And what I've noticed, and just recently, right, just these are recent examples, is just putting ill, right, before it allows you to still see the health. So if I say ill health, I still see health in there. But it might be diminished, tarnished, squashed, bent, right? Disordered even, but it's still health. It's just a different version. It's maybe not its most robust self. It's not its most flamboyant, vibrant, expansive self, but it's still health. And the same with ill success. Just think about that instead of the alternative of failure. And again, no problem with failure. Failure can be failing forward. Failure is progress. Failure is information. I have no problem with failure, but look at that power of ill success. And what if it was just a different version right so maybe it's just that we imagine success to look one way it didn't really happen or again that success this is talking about a maritime enterprise and we could think of one that really was an ill success right but what if it's just changing course or what if it's a pause that actually is a great outcome because it stopped from something terrible from happening right what if there had been a pause right with the titanic or a change of course right and it maybe it didn't get them as fast as they wanted to to that destination originally, or it didn't take them on the course they thought was most successful, but right, it was actually an ill success that way. And maybe it's just an unmet or unmatched expectation, and maybe the expectation wasn't really the best option. And we find that out sometimes afterwards. So just applying the word ill in front of these positive words instead of their total polar opposite negative word that we've connotated in the modern world, I would love to do that experiment. I have a couple writing experiments to run through. But just consider that, ill success. So you're not out of it completely, right? It just looks kind of different than what you thought. And you get to decide whether or not that's a problem, whether or not that's a deal breaker. And so as we're looking at celebration, let's think about what that looks like. And it might be massive party, right? We talked about most joyful, huge celebration, all the amazing thoughts underlying there. But what could celebration look like moment to moment? And we talked about breath as the example. How could we celebrate breath? And we're not going to necessarily throw a party for each one. We could, that might be exhausting, not super sustainable. But it could just be a thank you. It could just be the noticing, right? Celebration can just be in that exchange, the eye contact, especially right now. That's the main means of communication we have. Celebration could be in some acknowledgement, right? A note written. And we'll write thank you notes to other people. But do we do that for ourselves? And that might seem silly. But what if you did at the end of the day, even just in your journal? I appreciate this that happened today. I celebrate this success. What would that look like? And how could you extend a note of gratitude to yourself in that? What about in that bigger way? So when does it merit that? And in this time recording this, In November of 2020, many people are celebrating the Christmas holidays earlier. If that's a tradition that they follow, they're like, you know, people who usually have a firm only until after Thanksgiving date think, we just want some celebration. We're bringing it on. This is going to be how this season is successful for us. And so you get to decide what celebration looks like, what restrictions you put on it, what limitations you release and just open up for your optimal enjoyment and for no other reason than just that, all of that is available to you. And that can be such good news. Thinking about how you celebrate with and for others. And this one as well, when we are in our worthiness, and you're gonna think you keep saying this and it means exactly what I think it means. And it means exactly what you think it means. Even if you don't believe it's possible or accessible to you. I promise you it is. So stay with me in that. But if you're operating from there, the celebration with and for and from others is experienced on this elevated plane because we're not turning to someone and hoping that their cheer for us is gonna make us feel better, right? And as long as they do that, right? As long as they do this, then I'm good. I know I'm good. We can still own it and love it and appreciate it but we're knowing that it's not defining us and it's not claiming our value in any way. And so instead of that lacking, right? That scarcity set around it, we're abundant. And we say, yes, thank you. Like I celebrate with you and for you and I accept celebration from you. And we honor our whole selves in that. And it's just exponential growth because no one's co-opting that celebration for themselves, right? When we're celebrating in hopes of being validated, we kind of pull it in and claim it. Right. And so this is like taking the stars out of the sky and trying to hold them close to our chest so nobody else can enjoy it because we need this star to help us glow and be complete. But instead, when we're celebrating together from our own independent worthiness and the shared worthiness that we all have, right, because it's the same 100% for everybody, then the stars can stay in the sky and we can all see them and appreciate them and we can claim them. Right. So think about when somebody gives you a star as a gift or names a star after you as a gift. So even in that having of it, you leave it where it is because you don't need to hold it. You don't need to contain it. You don't need to own it right, in that tangible sense of the word in order to appreciate it or to even be connected to it on a deeper level. Everyone still gets to enjoy it because they're already whole. And so those pieces can stay where they are and we can experience and enjoy their beauty together not diminished, that star named after you is no less bright because it's not named after me. And we can both see it and see that light and appreciate it and point it out to one another and share it with others. It's not going away. And so notice that when we are claiming and defining success and celebrating it from worthiness, it's expansive. It's exponential. It's infinite. And so how can we step into this? So what this week Looking back, where can you find an ill success and a straight up good success? Right? And notice them. Notice how you feel about them. Notice how you're describing them. And notice how you might re-qualify something. What might have been a thing you never would have claimed? Never would you even have noticed as a success. But now when you're looking for it, right? It's like when you're looking for the yellow car and they're rare, but when you start looking for them, you see them all the time. And seeing that, noticing that, knowing that, why not? Why not paint the world in success? Because if you're coming to it from worthiness, you don't need it, right? And you're not taking it from anyone and you're not diminishing anyone else's success. So there's the space that we can be and we can truly celebrate together, apart, in sharing, in supporting ourselves and in supporting each other. And so, as I come to a close for this episode, I want to give a shout out, a greeting to one of my most dedicated listeners who is celebrating a milestone birthday today and often provides reflection on the episodes. And so, I hope this one reaches you on this day in whatever way works best for you. And I'll consider it a success that it's out there. And I'll consider your success, whatever you claim in this time. And perhaps one day, you'll join me on an episode of Conversations. And to all my listeners, thank you so much for taking the time to join me here. It's always a pleasure to explore thoughts, concepts, words, especially. Thank you for indulging my enjoyment of words. And I'll celebrate the success of another episode shared. And look forward to continuing the conversation for the health of all things. This is Dr. Amelia Biki with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.